Lazy Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings, America's number one sports book app. Now, joined by Ben White, I'm Mike Luke. John Schuster is sick today. That's what happens when you know what? you When you're shoebering around town, as he put it. You're hanging out with the kids that are Ben's age, getting into a little bit of trouble. But, hello, Ben. How you doing, dude? Hello, Mike. I'm doing great. What a game. All right, what a game. Arizona wins 88-62. to 62. We got a lot of really good stuff to get to. The peaks were in peak formation right there. We actually saw a fifth peak out there, um, but we'll get to that. Big thing to me, though, I loved the guard play in this game. Courtney Ramey, uh, Kirk Creesa, both looked absolutely fantastic out there. Combined for 30 points, 7 of 10 from 3, 12 assists, 8 rebounds. I loved what I saw out there. Yeah, I think if you look at what the guards did tonight and you look at the lingering questions we've had all throughout the year with them, whether it's the inconsistencies, whether it's who outside of Kerr and Ramey is going to step up, I think you got that answer tonight. And I think what's really key, too, is you look at somebody like Tubelis, while he definitely contributed in a big way, nearly had a double-double, you know, only playing 20 minutes, which is amazing, by the way. 20 minutes right. of action, obviously a lot of foul trouble there in the second half but almost a double-double. But point being, when you look at the guards, this really put together a blueprint as to how Arizona can just flat-out dominate opponents, dominate opponents, excuse me, when the guards play well. So, like you said, Ramey contributed in a big way, continued to hit some good outside shots. Arizona shot 57% from the field. 57%. That's crazy. Yeah, I think it's I think it's on track to being good, right? 50% from three. The guards played a heck of a game, and Arizona just flat-out dominated. And it's definitely what you wanted to see after the way they played against Stanford, and I think they responded in all the right ways today. A-plus performance for me. All right, here. Uh, Sean, hopping in here right now. He said, great win. Uh, finish this home stretch, and let's take care of business in L.A. before the tournament. Uh, from your mouth to God's ears or whatever, however that phrase goes. Yes, exactly. These are the kind of wins that you need to be able to get. Again, we've seen that Arizona has a, let's put it this way, a propensity to play up or down to its level of competition right here. And this was a game that Arizona got out early and pretty much never looked back. Now, again, the Utes got it to about 12 points, but (coughs) excuse me, I don't, I, I never really felt like that game was getting close or anything, and that's where Arizona, I think, really, uh, really took advantage there. Nick Howard, by the way, look, Joe Lunardi is a troll. Bill Walton, we will get, get back. To that. We're going to get. We to will. That. We will get back to that. But again, when you're Arizona right now and you're looking at possibly getting back into that second seed, you got to be able to. You got to be able to get win wins like this, and you got to be able yeah. to win. You know, in the manner in which they did, Ben White. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's an eye test at this point. Obviously, you've got to take care of business today, which you did. You've got Colorado coming up on Saturday, which will be interesting. Obviously, they had a pretty impressive win against ASU, which in my mind essentially knocks ASU out of the tournament at this point. So, Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, right. Our good buddy Shane, I'm sure, is uh, real bummed about that. But uh, more to come on there uh, later. But yeah, I mean, I think if you're Arizona and you look at what you did today and you look at these games coming up and then... More importantly, too, and we're going to get into this, I'm sure, as well. You look across college basketball today, look at Purdue losing to Maryland. Look at uh, some of the teams in the AP Top 25 across the week uh, losing left and right. So a lot of top 10 teams, definitely some questionable losses. And that's kind of the way college basketball has been this year, as we've talked about all season. But again... You know, some of those schools are in the Big Ten. Some of the schools are out east. So maybe there's a little bit of bias that goes in. But Arizona, in my mind, if they take care of business against the L.A. schools and um, 
at that point, you're probably in that two seat conversation. And it's a little bit of a stretch, but certainly not impossible. Maybe if you take care of business against the rest of the opponents and you take care of business in the Pac-12 tournament, maybe we're looking at a one seed. We'll see. We will talk about the the path to a one seed. But again, there's a lot of good stuff to take away from this game. Jervis Williams, great point right here about Henry Vasar, the third peak, as we call him right here. And you know what? Maybe I'll get a peaks. uh, Let's see. I'll get a peaks read out of the way right now. Now, listen. Four Peaks, the official brew of PHNX Sports. You can check it out in Tempe, or if you're cool, you check it out in Tucson as, or check out in Tucson instead. And you can get them at the Tap and Bottle Watch Parties. Um, ben White has been to these. <coughs> Kevin Woodman has been to these. Yep. Sean Schuster has been to these. All the big wigs have been to these at some point. Come by. Love to see you at the Tap and Bottle Watch Parties. And again, Four Peaks the official brew of PHNX Sports. For both, check out the show notes and the link in the description. Henry Vesar, though, this was, uh, and I don't think that I would mind, I don't think a coach would mind me saying this. Uh, he was talking to a couple of the people in the media. <laughs> <laughs> those um, big wigs, who are those people? Oh, the big wigs, yes. He was talking with, uh, but he was talking about Henry uh, Vesar a couple weeks ago about why he wasn't playing him. And he said, you know, he said a lot of times with big men, it'll take a little bit. Of, it'll take a little bit of time, but when it hits, it hits and it hits in a big way. And I think we could see that with Henry, where you know what he's playing. You know, he starts playing, and then all of a sudden, you look around and you're like, "Whoa, this guy can give me twelve and eight pretty much on a daily basis or a game by game basis." Um, I love seeing him out there, also Ben, because you're gonna see at some point. You're going to need to go big at some point without just those two big men. It just yeah. doesn't always work like that, right there. And you're going to need to you're going to need to go big at some point. And they've got that now. Joined by the great William Brad Alice coming from coming live from the laundry room, if I'm not mistaken. Is this correct? Yeah, Brad, laundry can you room. The heater's in here. It should be nice and loud and and fun. Yeah. So. All right, Brad, we're talking about it. What were your uh, – I thought there was a lot of good things to take away from this game. Backcourt play was fantastic. Henry Vasar, the third peak, um, got in there and played uh, played really well. What did you see out there, William? First of all, I saw Arizona, even without Tabellus playing his typical game, dominate the paint. And I think, yeah, Vasar's ability to show you that he can give you quality minutes against at least a good enough team in case Tabellus is in foul trouble or – you know, God forbid, injured. Um, you know, Utah's not very good, but you know they're they're about what Arizona. They're better than what Arizona might see in the first round, and not a, a whole lot different than what they could potentially see in the second round if they're a second or uh, third seed. So I think that's good to know that you have that. You have the ability to this time overcome. You know, the loss of Tabellus' scoring. You know, when they played Stanford, they couldn't do it. And right. today they were able to. And, you know, it's just Visar was a serviceable third big man early in the year, and then he fell out of the rotation. But now if you can even get him back just to play again, a handful of quality minutes um, in the NCAA tournament, especially in the Pac-12 tournament where you might be playing that three games in three days, I think that's vitally important. The fact that the backcourt kind of rebounded. And I only say rebound because they played well in stretches against Stanford. You know, Ramey was awesome against uh, Stanford till. He wasn't, but um, able to go in and, and and this team, you know, to really put away Stanford early enough, or excuse me, Utah early enough that even when they had their inevitable hiccup, 
with what was it about seven or eight minutes left when they right. just, I think let him go on an eight Oh run. Yep. It was annoying, not uh, damaging. Yeah. And see that that's kind of the way it is too. We talked about that before you hopped on that even when they got there, it didn't feel like this was really something that was ever going to be in uh that was really ever going to go at Arizona. Um, but I think you made a great point there, William. And by the way, Cy guy, our guy, um, back the A 24 seven. It's a movement. It's a way of life. Jacob Franklin is back from uh, uh, paternity leave because he couldn't stay away from the A back the A Jacob Franklin back there behind the scenes. Um, <coughs> but Brad looking around college basketball right now. And again, our uh, our uh, our uh, contributors are much smarter than uh, we are. They're giving us updates right now. UCLA is uh, uh, UCLA is down or down four to Stanford at the half. I don't see that actually hanging in there, but that also shows the volatility of college basketball this year. That you got Purdue, which will probably go up in the rankings somehow after this loss, being that they are in the Big Ten, but UCLA. Against a pretty bad Stanford team, I know, I know how weird that sounds, but down four. I mean, that's just kind of the way college hoops is this year. What was the stat I saw that Power Five teams are, or maybe ranked Power Five teams are sixty-four and sixty-one on yes. the road in conference play this year? Right. Um, Never seen that before. No, and again, you know, it, it, we always see at some point many top 25 top 10 even top five teams lose but not at this rate um there just frankly isn't a dominant team in college basketball which in a weird way i think bodes really well for kansas i think kansas right now uh, you know i think when you've got Are you back in the k you know here's what scares me if you got 16 teams and there's no difference in any of them he's the best coach with the best team best proven coach right now I mean, yeah uh, there's no Coach K. There's no Roy Williams. There, you know, Izzo's team is super flawed. You know, Patino's not taking Iona to the Final Four. Right. So, you know, but it also opens the door for Tommy Lloyd, who's you know never been there before. For Matt Painter, this is going to sound weird. Sean Miller. <laughs> um, this is going to be, I think, one of the wildest. Um, NCAA tournaments, but a lot of times when that happens, the cream rises to the top. Now, let's see, is is Tommy ready to ascend to that cream? You know, which I think, again, maybe a year early and what was, I don't want to say a rebuilding year, but a retooling year. Um, so I think, yeah, I think it's fascinating because, again, without, you know, one or two dominant teams, and frankly, this is a weird year where a lot of your best players are bigs, which are hard to match up with but also hard to get them the ball because you don't have a lot of guys who are going to be out there creating their own shots uh, for some of these elite teams. And that could also show that a, a team like Alabama, um, who is great on the defensive end, even, you know, could be interesting. A team like UCLA who could maybe grind you down to a 45-point game could be very interesting. I think it's a fascinating year. Every time I get, every time I get ready to say, you know what, Kirk Creasa, just not a good shooter. He has a game like this. Where he goes four to four, and I'm going to say something else. He had a he had a where he got into the lane as well, made a floater. That to me makes this entire team different. If you got Kirk Creasa in there and he's actually stressing defense outside of just shooting open threes, 
it becomes a drastically different uh, environment there, especially with Courtney Ramey bombing away in the way he has. I would love to see a little bit more aggress- aggression from Kirk Kreese and Ben as far as getting into the hoop, getting the floater, and putting a little bit more stress on the defense. Yeah, Courtney Ramey certainly looked like Pat Mahomes out there with that uh, full-court uh, pass. In the, that was uh, great. The, the breakaway there, and I think that's the second time we've seen that now, right? By the way, Ben, it's, I can't believe that Brad Alice was not the first one that brought up a Kansas City Chiefs reference. It was Ben White in California doing it. There you go. There you go. No, I mean, Kreese is one of those guys, right, where I think you look at him and you look at what he does – from a distribution standpoint, he's so key to what they do offensively. So even when he's not shooting effectively, he's still key to what they do to get the ball inside to Bellis and Balo and then kind of work it inside out. But when he's as effective as he is tonight, four for four from three, six of eight, 17 points, it's yeah. going to be really hard to slow Arizona down. And I think when you look at the margin of error and you look at the games that they've played against opponents that obviously don't either match up very well with them or are clearly a level below them like Utah – I think Creesa playing well and obviously the guards playing well is the difference between Arizona winning, you know, by 26 points tonight and Arizona winning by 10 or 12 points tonight. I think it comes down to that guard play. And to me, Brad has made the best point out of all this when it comes to this game. You have a quote unquote slow game from Tabellus. Now, granted, he still had 11 and nine in 20 minutes, which, which is amazing. Then we talked about the start to show. But when you look at that, considering that, and considering the way that Creesa played, considering the way that Ramey played, and considering the way that Larson played, who we haven't even got to today, and Henderson right. made some key shots as well, when all four of those guys, from a guard standpoint, are contributing that the way the way that they did, Arizona just has the ability to blow the lights out of teams like Utah. So come tournament time, if those guards are hitting and you know, God forbid Tubelas is in foul trouble or there's an injury or something like we just alluded to there those guys can step up and they've been groomed to step up, right? It's been a process all year. What were our conversations back in November and December right. is I just don't know if this team has the shooting. I don't know if this team has the guard play. And I think we're at a point in the year where these guys have enough minutes in the cockpit and they've obviously done a lot on the court to improve and their shooting has gotten more consistent. They play defense first inside out. So th- this team's in a really good spot when you have all three or four of those guys, at least giving you something viable. I'm not saying all of them have to score 20 to 25 points, kind of like how Ramey did having 26 against Stanford. But if you're making meaningful contributions like they did today, Arizona's in a great spot and they match up with anybody in the country. All right, it's time now for the DraftKings Pick of the Week. All right, last week, I believe, that we actually all backed William Brad Alice's Kansas City Chiefs to win the Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken. Did you, Ben White? Of course I did. I led with the Chiefs, and then you guys thought Eagles. And we piggybacked off the greatness of Ben White. Yeah, right. I don't blame it. All right, so that's – but now it's time for the DraftKings Pick of the Week. I am going to go with a big – I'm going to go with something big here. I'm going with a futures bet of the Phoenix Suns to win the championship. We're going to cut down the nets, going to make it to the finals, and uh, that's what I'm going with right there. William Brad Alice, what are you going with? Uh, I'm taking the Birmingham Stallions to win the uh, USFL South. There you Fair go. Enough. I have that's no a idea if that's thing. what it's really called. But Or how about uh, uh, Scooby Wright to win uh, USFL Defensive Player of the Year? All right. All right. You can do that. What do you, what do you got there, Benjamin? You know what? I'm going to rain on Brad Alice's Bill Self in Kansas parade. I'm going to take Baylor over Kansas on Saturday. Oh, I like that one. Exactly. All right. Now, DraftKings, you might be saying to yourself, um, 
Mike, DraftKings, what's the deal with this? Here's the deal. You can put down five bucks and you can get $200 in free plays off any of these NBA games right here. You got games uh, today. Then you got the all-star game coming up. Then you got games after it. If you think I'm an idiot, go against what I said about the Suns. Or if you think I'm smart, go with me. Either way, check it out. The DraftKings Sportsbook app, 21 and up. Arizona only. You got a gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Next Step. Check out the show notes and the link in the description. All right. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Back to um, back to Arizona here. Watching this team and watching college basketball, we've talked a lot about Arizona's flaws and that it's not a great ball handling team per se. It's not a team that um, you know, uh, can that has some trouble with length at times. But I'm also of the opinion now, and I've really come to this, that you know what? You look around college hoops, um, look at Alabama. They've got flaws because they're incredibly young. You have no clue. We've seen a lot of young teams get bounced early. Houston, they struggle to score at times. I mean, you watch them. I think that they are probably have the best roster per se. I would love Texas if they had their coach, but they don't have their coach. Um, Kansas, like Brad said, might be the most uh, – uh, the easiest pick, but Kansas also isn't very big, doesn't have any bench. So you look around here, the things that we're all worrying about are just different in that, you know, there are flaws on basically every team out there, guys. Yeah, with the NCAA tournament more, it's always a matchup thing. I mean, we've always seen it where, you know, I always point to 94, and I know that's ancient history for a lot of people, but you looked at the bracket and it was tailor-made for Arizona. Ben White, um, can you name one player from the 94 team? Ben White was not born in 94. Ben White gets a pass. Ben White can talk in third person. That's how cool Ben White is. Go ahead, Brad. Sorry. Um, you know, you look at other years and you're just like, oh, they're just, I don't care how well they play. They're not, they're not getting through this bracket. So I think, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot about it. It's going to be matchup. Um, I think, you know, you need to avoid, I think in the early rounds, uh, you know, experienced teams with either a ton of length or a ton of shooters who can throw a zone at you. Um, but at the end, you know, and it's going to come down to really for Arizona, it's going to come down to really basic stuff, boring stuff, turnovers. Can Arizona you know, play with 13 or fewer turnovers while shooting, you know, 38% or better from behind the arc? And most of those games are going to win. Um, you know, odds are when they get bounced, and this has happened to many of an Arizona team, it's because they're going to go cold from behind the arc um, and not be able to create those shots. You know, it's, again, being as old as I am, which is uh, shoes half life, uh, you know, you're turning never... fifty. We're gonna be at. Uh, we're gonna be hanging. We're gonna be celebrating. Uh, we're gonna be hanging out. Maybe. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, it's coming up here. Um, but you know, Steve Kerr going cold in the um, you know, eighty-eight final four. It was uh, um, you know, Damon going cold in ninety. You know, ninety-four. It was you know. Uh, Gilbert Arenas getting hurt. No. Her and Gilbert and uh, Jason Gardner going cold. No one. Um, you know, so again, it, it's, 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 it's not exactly going out on a limb and saying that, but you know, if Kirk Creesa shoots, you know, 50% from behind the arc, Arizona's probably not losing a basketball game. Right. Converse, you know, unless he has eight turnovers, which again, that could happen too. Um, and you know, that's what, you know, to piggyback on what you said earlier, that's what I think I want to see from Arizona the next few weeks. I want to just see Creesa and all the guards. Just take it to the hole more often, even if they're driving in addition, because I just want it on tape. So right. you can't sag off of him or or play off up on him, I should say. You know, you have to respect the drive 
even if he drives twice in the entire NCAA tournament, at least it's there. And when you're scouting Arizona, you got to be ready for it. Because right now, a lot of teams are just going to sit back in a zone, try to deny that entry pass to the bigs, and and try to have Arizona outshoot you. And if you can do that, um, you know they could be in trouble. All right, Sly Guy and Br- William Brad Alice, I think, make a great point about the threes. Courtney Ramey, I want to talk about. Does he him want for- me to stop shooting the three because he hasn't <laughs> seen me play? I, oh, I'm a driver. I'm, I'm a driving dish guy. I have no outside game whatsoever. You're, you know what? You're built like Kylan Boswell, and you play like Kylan Boswell. How about that? You know, I think I built like Khalid El Amin, and I play like uh, Kevin. Well, you're an NBA player, then. You just said that you're an All American in college, and you're an NBA player. Is this? Uh, can we get this on record? I'm built like him. I my game is uh, who is the worst walk on of all time? That's my game. All right, fair enough. Courtney Ramey, though. Um, I would like to see him try to, uh, we talked about this a little bit with Kerr, but I mean this even more with him. I'd like to see him drive a little bit more because you watch him. He's pretty nifty with the ball. It, he's got, he's a pretty good athlete as well. I'd like to see him drive a little bit more and not just be the guy that's just shooting threes out there, guys. I mean, again, he's making them, but I'd like to see him do a little bit more. Cause I think he can. Yeah, I, th- I think he can. I think he's one of those guys, too, where, you know, you look at some of these guards and he's obviously 6'3". He's not dealing with the Boswell situation, but you look at some of these guards as they kind of ease into the comfort level of, of blending in and figuring out what this team's trying to do offensively when it doesn't have Tubella Simbalo to solely rely on. But I think he's a guy who obviously has the outside shot down, like you said, but... I'm just impa- I'm just impressed with the way he passes. I mean, he has a spectacular vision for the court, and he's definitely a guy who you don't certainly want on the ball, but he's definitely a guy you can defer to if you have to run the offense through him through stretches. And I think as he gets more minutes, because he has planted himself in that two-guard spot, he's going to be a guy who feels more comfortable to, to get to the basket and, and make those nifting moves. And tonight, obviously, Arizona was really hot from the outside. They didn't need to go inside the way that they did, you know, from a guard standpoint. I thought... You know, obviously, Tubelas and, and Balo certainly did the, the the majority of the work there inside. And you look at the paint production, right? I mean, Arizona had 38 points in the paint, and Balo only had or Tubelas only had 11 points. So that goes to show you how just crafty some of those guys were to get inside. And you know, well, he's a guy I think Arizona is going to rely a lot on. I think he's also a guy that we have to remember is, you know, he's a transfer and. He obviously comes from a, a different different era of college basketball prior to coming to Arizona, but he's a guy who's going to get more comfortable. But at the same time, I think we have to accept he kind of is what he is, and he's definitely playing at his peak when you look at what he did at uh, Texas and how he's coming to Arizona. Speaking of peaks, Brad, um, what did you think about the what did you think about the peaks out there again? So again, we talked about it. I think before you hopped on that. Arizona's going to have to play one of the peaks at some point, and that's obviously going to be Henry Vasar. Um, I was happy to see him reincorporated into the lineup, into the rotation, because I think at some point Arizona's going to need him. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, you know, I know it seems like ancient history. I mentioned that when I first came on that I thought that was important minutes that he had today, because at some point you're going to need him, whether it's for the back to back to back that you might have in Vegas, or because, and again, Balo or Tabellus is in foul trouble, or again, if, if God forbid, injury. So, yeah, I think the fact that you know, if you could even just get 15 out of them, um, maybe 25 over the first two nights of the Pac 12 tournament, assuming they go to the finals, just to take some of that wear and tear off of 
uh, you know, the, 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 what are we going to call them? The primary peaks? I, I'm not the sure. Pri- I, we can call them the main, we call them the main peaks or the primary yeah. peaks for sure. So, you know, and then if Vistar can just get you a few less minutes on those legs, you know, um, if base, you know, base, can give you 10 minutes. If you're, let's say they're a two seed and they're playing a 15 in the opening round, you know, can, can he play just enough minutes to keep those guys fresh? Um, and then again, at some point in the NCAA tournament, I'd be surprised if one of the two bigs or both aren't in foul trouble. Um, at least one, the deeper the run you get, at least. You know, I'm assuming a three, four, five, six game run. Um, then you're going to need him. Much like, you know, let's, let's again, I, I'm going back to the 90s here. So Ben can't remember these things. And Mike, you were a wee tot too. Donnell Harris. Brad, um, I can name every single starting lineup back to 92, 93. Do not okay. ever put me in Ben White's so, class like that again. But you, you, you had to have Donnell Harris in 97. You had to have people, again, I, I just bagged them, Kevin Flanagan in 94, Joe Turner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you go down, you always have to have a third big. Even the Arizona teams that went small still needed a third big at some point in these tournament runs. Does he need to be uh, an eight and six guy? No. Maybe it's Donnell Harris pulling down three, what was it, three key rebounds, but three they're all, yep. all important in late in regulation or in overtime. Um, if I were to know, tell you before that game that uh, or before that tournament that uh, Donnell Harris would be the one and not Michael Dickerson that would be making plays in the overtime, you might have slapped me. Yeah, yeah, I, I probably would have because I was a big Mike D guy too. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of what, again, they don't need Visar to, to be a, a superstar, but they need him to be serviceable. Guy who could eat up some minutes in, you know, in, in in baseball parlance, they need him to eat up some innings um, right. in in the playoffs, and and that's exactly you know he's Dan Plesac. If you really want to pick a name out of, that shows you how much baseball I watch now. I lefty Dan Plesac. Lefty. I don't, watch, I don't watch a lot of baseball anymore, but um, uh, yeah, you need a you need a guy who can just eat some innings, who can you know who can right. eat some minutes for you um, to keep your again the 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 top two peaks. Mm-hmm. Um, healthy and 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 rested. All right, we've had some questions about where Shoe is. Shoe is not. Shoe's a little under the weather. When you get as old as Shoe and you get the sniffles, you want to take it easy. You don't want anything to get serious right there. So Shoe is taking it out, but he will be back Saturday. He guarantees me of this. All right, now uh, let's get to by the numbers, if you don't mind, there, uh, Mister uh, Jacob Franklin. Um, all right. Now, let's look at this. This is in Ben. You were talking about it. 50% from three, 26 assists, six turnovers. If you've got better than a four-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio while the other team has one-to-one and you shoot 57% from the field while they shoot 32, guys, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you're going to win almost every single time that occurs. Yeah, Arizona very good, Utah very bad, and I think you'd have to be very naive to to nitpick anything in in this performance. And you know that's what we've talked about all night is is you you have to look at the stretches and you have to look at the individual components in this game because if you look just at the score, you know you're not going to find much meaning behind it. But you you look at the the guard play, I think that's going to be the the key here when you look at what. Uh, Obviously, Ramey and Increasa do, and and the story of this game, in my mind, and we keep going back to it, is when you have all four of those guys hitting the way that they did and contributing the way that they did. Arizona's a hell of a team. They're a hell of a team for Utah. They're a hell of a team even for the USC's and UCLA's of the world that we're going to see in a couple of weeks. So it'll be interesting to see if 
this is kind of that uh, turning point for some of these guys like Ramey. Obviously, Creasa, we know what he's capable of. Maybe he he strings together another performance like this. Maybe he comes out and has five points and, and nine assists next game. I don't know. We get a different version of him every game. But, it, you know, the main thing is, right, he's contributing in a positive way. So Arizona just has to respond accordingly. I expect them to beat the snot out of Colorado, and we'll see what happens in L.A. from there. I want to talk about Boswell here in a second, but Mountain Mike's Pizza. Who Brad William Brad Alice has been to Mountain Mike's Pizza. I've been to Mountain Mike's Pizza. John Schuster has been to Mountain Mike's Pizza. We all like Mountain Mike's Pizza. Oracle and Wetmore, check it out. Great TV setup, great food, great place to take the kids. You name it, Mountain Mike's has got it. Ben White even knows about Mountain Mike's Pizza out in California. He informed us that there's Mountain Mike's out there, which I did not know. That shows you how good Mountain Mike's is. And... <coughs> Excuse me. If you want, <coughs> excuse me, still battling a little bit of a cold. But um, also, when it comes to um, P- uh, PHNX, become a diehard. All kinds of cool stuff if you do that. You can get some pretty cool merchandise. You can get a lot of cool stuff. Check out the website, gophnx.com. And just again, ordered my uh, PHNX uh, flat hat the other day. Oh, so check there you it out. go. It's, That's it's the kind the of stuff. That's the kind of stuff that you can get it. And Ben White's going to be up with us in Las Vegas, and he'll be rocking that as well. But check it out. Become a Phoenix diehard. Jacob Franklin is back from uh, his time off. So you know what? That'll bring you even closer to Jacob Franklin right there. Check it out. Uh, become a PHNX diehard. Kylan Boswell, um, you got Houston. Or last year, Arizona, I think it's fair to say, got punked by Houston. I don't know there's any way around that. Um a big problem last year is as great as Ben Matherin was, as great as Dalen Terry was, uh, or Christian Cologo, you didn't really have a guy that could kind of accelerate with the ball as a lead ball handler. Let me ask you guys this. If Arizona comes across a team like Houston, how big of a difference, if any, does Kylan Boswell make in that situation, guys? Well, I think Boswell's super important because he gives essentially Arizona four ball handlers. Um, when you mix him in with Ramey, uh, the pinball and, and Kirk Creesa. Unfortunately, I don't think it's ball handling. That's going to be the problem with BAC Houston's toughness. Um, right. Luckily Boswell's a big thick kid, but again, there's a big difference between being 17 year old strong. And I don't know how Houston has a bunch of 27 year olds, but they do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they have a bunch of guys who uh, I think spent three years working the uh, oil fields in Texas and now are, pl- are playing ball. Cause those are just big, strong men. Right. Um, so yes, if you can outrun those big strong men, that's fantastic. But I think that's kind of the secret to this Arizona team. And Arizona had a little bit last year, similar, you know, down Terry could, could handle the ball and Matherin, but they really have four guys who can be pseudo point guards. Um, you know, the problem, maybe they don't have a, they, there's no Mike Bibby, um, mm-hmm. but they got a lot of guys who can handle the ball. So if again, crease is hot from behind the arc, and you want to turn over the offense to Ramey or Boswell, you can do it. Um, you know, if you have to put Pella out there, he's not going to necessarily hurt you. I don't like not. Pella dribbling the ball against Perez. No, but I, but, I, but I don't mind him running the offense, though. So. Um, no, I don't want to bring the ball up against the press, no. But if the ball goes through him, I, I think Arizona's okay, um, especially if they're going for small. I think that becomes very interesting. Um but, yeah, I think, again, there's a lot of teams in the Cincinnati tournament that you are going to need two, three, four ball handlers. Um, but against Houston and, and probably a couple of those SEC teams, you're also going to have to be tough. And, I, you know, 
that I think Boswell can add that toughness despite the fact, and again, if you're playing the Arizona basketball drinking game at home, I'm going to mention he's 17. How old, Brad? I I hadn't heard. Yeah, he's 17. Yeah, you may not have heard this. Wait. Uh, Also, by the way, did you know Arizona recruits internationally very well? Yeah, apparently. Wait a second. Kylan Boswell is 17. Yeah, you may not have heard that. It's it's shocking. Man, seriously, man. When you're just when you live in the cave that I do, sometimes you don't get the information that other people do. But um, again, shockingly enough, too, Kirk Kreese not from Detroit. Correct. No, he's not. Um, by the way, but big picture though, guys, I thought this was a good game for the Cats. They blew out a team that uh, they got their revenge. They blew out a team that they needed to blow out. And you know what? You got uh, you got some players some time. You got one of the peaks back involved right there. Pella Larson continued to build off of it. And then uh, Courtney Ramey, Kurt Carissa, both uh, I thought played very well. You're going to need them to play really good ball. That is, um, I th- to me, this was a very good performance in that regard. And I think you can take a lot of good stuff away from that. Heading into the game Col- uh, against Colorado, a uh, school that uh, lives in the middle of where there's a lot of peaks. Yeah, the Four Peaks Brew is uh, certainly up in uh, Denver, a good spot to be with our uh, folks over there at uh, DNVR Sports. But uh, yeah, I think you, you put a bow on this, right? It's everything we talked about with the guards, A-plus performance. And I think to piggyback off a little bit to Brad's point is as much as we can sit here and say Arizona has shown the ability to play in the half court against teams like UCLA and you know they've shown a little bit more toughness throughout the year. And I think that some people want to give them credit for Brad's absolutely right in the sense that Houston's a grown team. They're big inside. They're long. They're athletic. And in my mind, if Arizona's going to match up with somebody like that in the NCAA tournament, I think the only way you're really going to beat them is by shooting really well. And in order to shoot well consistently at that level against teams like that, you need all three or four of these guys to be contributing in one way, shape, or form. You can't just have Ramey go off for 26, you get nothing else from anybody else, and then, oh, by the way, Tubelis is in foul trouble and can't really contribute. We saw how that went against Stanford, a, right. a very bad Stanford team as well. So uh, Arizona has... Stanford's up by five, by the way. Yeah, they'll probably they'll probably be up by 15 after they heard what I said about them. But uh, yeah, I think I think with Arizona, right, it, it's the guard play. It's, it's building off today. It's blowing out Colorado, doing what you need to do. It's sweeping the L.A. schools if you can. You know, I think holistically from a national perspective, a lot of folks expect Arizona to beat USC and then you get to the UCLA game. We'll see what happens. And then from there, you know, you kind of reevaluate in the sense that are we at that two seed spot? Are we at that three seed spot? Have we done so well and have had more teams across the top 25 continue to lose that maybe we're somehow back in that one seed spot, a little bit of a stretch. And at that point, you assess how you go into the Pac-12 tournament. Is this something that we need to take? seriously obviously win the tournament try to do as best as we can or do we kind of have our spot locked down and we want to assess how we go from here so a lot of unanswered questions and uh, buckle up my friends it's the most uh, exciting time of the season for sure William put a bow on this revenge is sweet and uh, when you can learn from your mistakes of the last game uh, it's even sweeter and especially when you factor in that you know, they had some of the same issues with Tubelis, at least early on. I mean, I think he had four points midway through the uh, second half. He, you know, obviously finishes, what, 11 and nine, I think. Um, but yeah, that's about all you can ask for. If you're, if you're Tommy Lloyd, you're pleased because that meant, you know, the coaching this past week uh, seemed to have worked. And 
Uh, again, you put yourself in position now that that game at uh, UCLA is important for a league championship, for seeding, for national recognition. And that's, you know, kind of a fitting, maybe a fitting send off to this series that they're going to play at least a couple more times with a lot at stake. All right, everybody out there, really appreciate all of your comments. You're much smarter than us. Also, thank you for keeping uh, us updated on the UCLA-Stanford game. Go Stanford right there. That that would be awesome. Uh, ben, Brad, really appreciate both of you guys. Jacob Franklin, the GOAT, he's back in the seat right there watching us right now. He's back in the A. Appreciate everybody out there. for uh, Again, for Ben White, Brad Alice, Jacob Franklin, I'm Mike Luke. Be back with you tomorrow. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.